you been uh, receiving any like texts or like messages from people about the podcast yet? I've actually last night I received many text messages from the grade nine boys. As did I. <laughs> yeah. They they were they were just tossing out five star reviews yeah. for us because we had none. And um and but they were it was like conditional. Oh like, dude, hey, it was uh, a sheep in wolf's clothing for sure. No way. Yeah, like the other way. Hey, a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's what I meant. Like, hey, I'd love to give I, I I'll get all my friends to give five star reviews, but we need hub league points for this. Yeah, so. I know. Like it was like Ben and Bailey for life, love this podcast, blah blah blah. And then it was like so hub league points like yeah. it wasn't even subtle <laughs> it was just like straight up oh yeah it wasn't even like hey man how are you doing like you know like also they think that they can suck up for hub league points that's not a thing that may have worked in junior hub but it doesn't in work senior. in junior hub you kidding. literally <laughs> have to eat a wad of gum that's already been chewed by all your friends to get any kind of extra points that's true shout out Keller oh no we, remember we're not using names let's be be cows be cows brack attack something like that be, i think be cows let's go with be cows i haven't heard that one before i haven't heard that either opposed to the like i don't know people always call that kid braxton <laughs> when they when they don't know his name <laughs> even when they do it's like kind of like people calling a kid named graham graham the name is Graham. Any any Graham says their name Graham. They never introduce themselves as Graham. Yo, what's up? I'm Graham. Yeah, no one says that. Their name's Graham. Everybody's like, "Sup, Graham?" <laughs> the tongue is lazy, man. Dude, it's, it's weird. just that's way easier to say. It's just a lazy <laughs> way. That's a pet peeve of mine for sure. As is the Braxton one. The kid's name is Braxton. Holy cow. Bekels. We're not gonna use his name. Because. All right, Ben, give us uh lay it on me, man. What what are we doing today? So we're talking about I am statement number five, which is I am the resurrection and the life, a claim by Jesus in John chapter eleven. And um yeah, I'll just give a little how do we get here? Um the previous I am statement is in chapter ten, which is I am the good shepherd. And this is essentially the next scene that Jesus finds himself in. So there's this transition um, out of the conversation that Jesus has with the religious leaders. And he's basically goes over, there's this transition verse in verse 40. He went away across the Jordan to a place where John had been baptizing at first and there he remained. And so it comes to this point where Jesus has moved on from the last sign that he's done he's moved on from the last conversation that he's had Mm -hmm. and now it brings us into this new setting where one of jesus friends gets sick and word comes to him essentially he gets that like stress text (laughs) sums wrong and yeah i don't i don't know if we can modernize this but But basically, the transition point, the start of the scene is Jesus gets, a, Jesus gets a text. Jesus gets word that one of his very, very good friends is sick. A little side note, just for the comic relief part of these podcasts, there is like a six or eight month stretch where I would get a text from Cole, like Colson Kinna, 
Um, Kohl's, because we're not using names. Yeah, CDK. Um, <laughs> like, dude, call me now. Like, like, n- like it was like, oh my gosh, like he's on the side of the road, like got in a car accident or something like that. Like, or he like, he needs me. Yeah, like something wrong. And I'm at work. Like, and then he'll call twice and I'll hang up twice. He'll be like, call me now. Like, dude, we need to talk. Or like, give me a call. And it's no punctuation, everything like that. Like one of those stress texts. Literally, All caps. Like this is like once or twice a week for like six to eight months, dude. And I fell for it every time. <laughs> and I would call him, dude, dude, are you okay? He's like, yeah, man, just wanted to talk. And I'm like at work. I like talk to like whoever I'm like, I'm watching kids often, like for the township or whatever. And I'll be like, hey, I just have to step out and take an important call. Is that okay? They're like, yeah, yeah, I totally and he's like, just wanted to talk. And I just, I would just hang up. I wouldn't even say bye. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking the other day. I was like, oh, come on, click. No, literally, dude. Okay. Anyways, continue with the stress text. <laughs> so, so Jesus receives the stress text that um, his friend is sick. And essentially, like the course of this interaction or this, this whole chapter is this whole section here. And essentially Jesus is like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna stay here. I'm not going to go and do anything about this right now. And, and everybody's like, okay, that's, that's legit because where Lazarus is, was a dangerous place for, for Jesus to go. Cause up to this point, we've talked about this before. Every one of his signs and statements creates more and more controversy around him. At this point, people are just like, yeah, we got to take care of this guy. Like it was dangerous. And so his disciples are like, that's probably a good idea really sucks that Lazarus is sick, but we're not going to go over there because it's dangerous for us. So Jesus kind of okay. waits around and then decides that he's actually going to go. And his disciples are like, okay, I don't really think that's a good idea, but um, I guess I guess we'll follow you. And, and there's a statement by Thomas that's kind of interesting. He's like, well, yeah. I guess we're, I guess we're going to go die. And, and and everybody kind of does the you know the C.S. Lewis phrase like chronological snobbery like oh disciples don't get it again like blah 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 <laughs> but like honestly like th- that's like a true statement like that was a very real positive that's probably what I would have felt that's probably what most people have felt it's like that's stupid right instead we, of instead of doubting Thomas here we can just call him Tom Thomas yeah Tommy just Thomas yeah he's Tom, Tom Tomo at this point yeah. And, and so, like, that's what we would have done. We're like, Jesus, that's crazy. I've made a commitment to you, so I will follow you here. Like, I said I would follow you, but we're probably going to die. So, we kind of take that with a grain of salt when, when he says something like that. We kind of cut him a break. Hmm. Um, and so, he goes there, finds Lazarus. He's been in the tomb for four days already. And, and he has this interaction with Mary, or sorry, with Martha. And essentially, it's like, hey, um, your brother will rise again. And, and Martha has this kind of um, amazing statement that really no other female has a revelation or, or a realization of, of Jesus like she does in this section. Right. Um, she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that what are you, whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. So there's this, this huge faith hmm. um, that's just obvious, even though she's like, I know you can do anything you want, basically, um, which is a huge statement. 
And Jesus says, yeah, your brother will rise again. And she kind of takes that as like puts that into her like afterlife or resurrection like idea or theology. Like I know he will rise again on the last day. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hmm. There's the I am statement. Yeah. He's like, you have this resurrection thought or this afterlife thought like I am actually what you think of or the full version of what you think of. Right. And it continues on there. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe? And she says, again, just this proclamation of who Jesus is. She gets it better than anybody else in the gospel, basically. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Like, just right. kind of this picture-perfect statement of testimony. Right. And Which, so... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So that that's basically how we how we get... There's some stuff that happens after, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But that's how it... What leads up to the statement itself. Totally. What's interesting to me about this is... I think when resurrection has been talked about in uh, like any church or Christian context for me growing up, even the way I've talked about it a lot, and probably how I think about it. I think of it as a product of Jesus. I think of it as an action that, not even an action, I think of it as, as, as a result of some of his actions. I don't think of him as the resurrection and life. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, where like Jesus does something or Jesus accomplishes resurrection. He isn't, he doesn't embody it or he doesn't like, he doesn't manifest it. Right. Like a a simple, character. Yeah. Like a simple, simple thoughts I'm having around it are like, you know, I like clean the dishes, you know, um, it's like I, the actions that I did were scrubbing dirty dishes and putting soap on them and rinsing them off and then the dishes are clean and it's kind of like saying i am clean dishes or something like it's kind of obscure like that or like uh like a mechanic fixing a car or something like i am the fixed car like it kind of that's how i would think about it like and those might be like terrible uh and you know gross like parallels to draw but that's how i actually think about it like that makes sense in my mind yeah so he's that like result yeah and it's hard especially like you know we've had these i am statements before that they kind of they kind of have that parallel nature to them where we can not fit them into the our life but they they um are are a little bit more obvious about how they how they manifest themselves in our life like Mm -hmm you know i am the bread of life you know that's that's the sustaining the sustenance the provision like we understand what provision is regardless of whether or not um we have need or we are rich or poor like we we understand provision it's just whether or not we provide for ourselves or we rely on god to provide for us or what that balance is you know that's something that can be obviously translated into our life you know light of the world like revealing nature like combating darkness Um, things like that like that's obvious we can bring it into our life things like you know the gate for the sheep this this gateway into salvation the Mm -hmm. the idea of the good shepherd like having a leader a guide someone Mm -hmm. who knows what's best for us these things that we can actually like oh i I see how that fits into my life or how that works in my life but this one is this one's kind of on like kind of wild yeah it's the hardest for me 
when I think of resurrection, I'm like, well, I haven't seen that in a while, slash never. Mm-hmm. That's hard to fit in my life. And so the tendency or or the what I what's dangerous for me to do is to actually try and force it into an area of my life where it doesn't really belong or it's actually out of its nature in a sense, which because I feel like I have to have an answer or it has to fit somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of chuck it somewhere and, and it, it may, it, that may be a true form of it, but I wonder if there's maybe something that is beneath the surface that I don't see all the time. Totally. So what do you mean by that within this I am statement? Just like in the sense of not wanting to shove it somewhere that it doesn't belong or whatever. Like, do you have examples or like thoughts around that? Well, I think I think with this particular statement, um, there's some interactions that take place where, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, what he's going to do, what he's up to. And the disciples are like, yeah, we kind of don't get it, but we don't really blame them because it's kind of a tough situation. Sure. And like Martha she has faith and kind of understands what Jesus is getting at. And it's like, Oh, like, yeah, like we want to understand. And then there's just the, the action where I I just think that this enacted parable or this thing that Jesus is doing physically to Mm -hmm. teach us something spiritually and physically for that matter is really hard to translate because I just think of like dead to life as this huge contrast, but it's not something that I feel and see all of the time. Okay. Like like when when you know you go you continue reading in chapter eleven and Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and there's just this obvious moment where Lazarus is this literal like walking, talking, life testimony to who Jesus is and what Jesus does because resurrection is who Jesus is. I am the resurrection. It's also what he does. Like he performs this miracle and eventually it's a, what gets everyone like pushes everyone against Jesus over the top. It's like, okay, we have to kill him now. He's, he's busting out this kind of stuff. Like it's a, it's done. This is all we need. We don't need to like, we have to, we have to destroy him. And then also in chapter 12, they want to get rid of Lazarus too. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, so this guy is a literally so many people. It says in, in chapter 12, verse 11, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Be- simply because Lazarus was alive was testimony enough. And I just wonder like, okay, what about my testimony? Is that radical or obvious or whatever it just brings back that that conversation that we keep having of what actually sets us apart as followers sheep of jesus that is like so compelling because of the transformation that he's made in our life Mm. i think something that again like what's really hard about this i am statement compared to the the last is uh the I guess importance or I want to even say a harsh word like idolizing that we've done of this specific action of Jesus like what takes place and I mean probably one of those things too is that like it's a pretty popular story socially as well um like lots of people would know about this kind of like something like knowing the knowing the flood or um Adam and Eve or different different spots um, like not everybody would just 
you know, resonate with the story of Esther um, or um, something like that. But so kind of, I guess the product of that is like really upholding this action. And I think something that might be kind of helpful to do just in terms of looking at this is to step back for just a half sec from what we want to do with this miracle that results in an I am statement from, or that, you know, it has this I am statement of Jesus attached to it. Immediately, I've heard so many people talk about what the implications this has for the afterlife, the implications of what this means for my life today, and uh, all of that. And I think something that's super important to do, regardless of where we're at in scripture is to look at what it meant there first and then secondarily allow it to step into our day because like good you know scholars we want to know what it meant for the 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 original people first with that ben like do you have immediate thoughts on what that meant or what that means or what's happening here if we can just like step out of the craziness of this you know, miracle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I, I see and I hear and I feel just the shock and awe of it, like mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And it stirs up a whole lot of controversy again as normal. And also, again, it's just a thing that we don't understand. And so we try to... I me personally, I, I feel like I just try and like shove it in my life somewhere or yeah. I just shove like the spiritual version of it in my life somewhere. And because I don't know what to do with the physical version of it. Right. You know, you know, Jesus says later on, like I'm sending my Holy spirit and you will do greater things than I even did or things that you did when I was around. Mm-hmm. And then this is, I guess in that category. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with that. Cause mm-hmm. most of the time, like, the best I got is a nice word or something for someone. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, like, so it, I think we, I don't know what to do with it. You know, we don't know what to do with it. So we try and like take a piece of it and, and yeah. throw it in our life. Yes, of course. You know, this, it translates theologically, spiritually into like our present day in and of itself. Yeah. But I think when it comes to just like the physical nature of what was going on, the first thing that I think about is like these people. So Mary, Martha, Lazarus are like Jesus's people. Yeah. Like outside of the disciples, like these are the closest people that he has in his life. Period. Right. right. Like there's no other options. Like it's obvious. (laughs) They're not just an outward (laughs) They're not an outward. They're not like an acquaintance. They're not just like a nice right. neighbor or whatever. Um, but like these are these are people he loves deeply yeah. and that. And you can see that as you read through the passage that yeah. um, these people matter to him a lot. And and so when it comes to like you, you and I like mentioned this before in our conversation, like when it comes to Jesus performing this, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's like, I care about these people you know what? I'd be down to like raise him from the dead because I want to see my friend again. Like, you know, he's just like, he's just like, I know I have this power, so why don't I just use yeah. it? Like, it's, just, it's kind of like yeah. a funny thing. Like, I really enjoyed the thought experiment of like Jesus, like self-actualization, like, oh, right, I have this power. Like, it's like, oh man, I really wish Lazarus was here. I wish just someone could raise him from 
I can do this. I, I can do that's this. That's me. I am the resurrection. I'm the guy. The I'm the guy. <laughs> I don't know whether that's okay or not, but I, I don't thought, know either. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously it, that's not what happened probably, but yeah. it, it, it's just like this interesting thing. Like Jesus has compassion and love for these people. And he just, he, he literally meets their need because again, when you think about the, the situation that they were in, Mary and Martha, like we don't, we don't think they were married. Um, they're probably relying on their brother financially yeah. protection wise because of the social of context and yeah like if lazarus dies like they're screwed mm-hmm. basically and they weren't in and a great so, position to begin with from my understanding yeah and so if lazarus dies like one one of jesus's best guys is gone mm-hmm. two two of his best girls are like basically left to poverty essentially mm-hmm. and would that not just be enough to move the heart of Jesus to do something about that? Like wow. at a base level, Jesus literally just meets the need. Wow. And I think that's like the first thing that we have to see is right. like, besides the shock and awe, besides the like translation into our modern day context. Yeah. This is what he literally does. Wow. Another thing that um, I was kind of noticing about just the, the, reaction or the response or whatever in this immediate context is uh later on we get to verse 45 um and it kind of mirrors the division that happens after jesus parables or these enacted parables in john um and it says uh in verse 45 might say the plot to kill jesus in your bibles it says many of the jews therefore who had come with mary and had seen what he did jesus believed in him but some of them went to the pharisees and told them about what jesus had done so the chief priests and the pharisees gathered the council and said what are we going to do for this man performs many signs if we let him go on like this everyone believe in him the romans will take away our uh, both our place and our nation and again, there's this like in verse uh, uh, ten nineteen the in the uh, last chapter we were, last I am statement we were talking about. There's this division uh, that like when Jesus teaches in parables and when he uh, acts out parables, he's not giving an answer necessarily that's clean and clear to people. Rather, he his purpose is for it to uh, draw people. Uh, toward pursuit of him and asking questions or to get them away from him to uh to to allow them to have this freedom to make a choice based on who he is and ask questions and ponder and uh to own something themselves versus just be obedient to like knowledge yeah, they they're invited to wrestle with it. Totally. And essentially, yeah, these these people decide to take it a different way. Yeah. And they feel like this action of Jesus is threatening something in their life. Totally. And so that they they name it the yeah. they name the uh, both our place and our nation to be taken away from the Romans. They two see things the pit- that God like promises them yeah exactly like that's a part of their covenant with god which is which is wild and it's hard to it's hard to to see that for them like again i don't really blame them like fully because like oh 
this is something we barely have already where we're Roman occupied. Like we're not even going to have this like sort of semblance of being a nation. Like it's all going to be taken away because this guy is causing a ruckus and people are, are doing and believing things that this foreign government doesn't really understand or want. So they're probably just going to put an end to it and just like finish taking us over, which eventually they did later anyways. (laughs) But so bummer. Yeah. But, but these things that they hold so tightly that it's funny to to think about that statement in the context of just the whole Old Testament and how like, oh man, this one guy, people are going to believe in them and then we're going to lose these things. I was like, where is that when they had like the most evil king ever, like <laughs> 10 times in a row sure. and they were doing maybe even worse things than... Right like what were going on at the time and obviously worse things than Jesus. Like that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. But the, this, this, I, I think that the image that comes to mind for me is like this self-preservation of like, this is all we have. So I need to hold on as tightly as possible. Oh yeah. And I'm willing to kill someone for it. I'm willing to sacrifice for it. I'm willing to like, like subject like like go over my morals or my boundaries for it because right. I don't want to lose this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a place that oh man, we definitely find ourselves in oh, all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Jesus is so threatening to who I am, what I prioritize, what I uphold, what I value. <laughs> yeah, I was talking in community group last night um, the question was, what were you like before you knew Jesus? Uh, and what are you like now that you know him? And part of my thing is I don't really have these like watershed moments in my life where I was this crazy, you know, rebellious person, found Jesus. And like, I don't have this like road to Damascus kind of thing that the Apostle Paul had or something, or like a lot of people I know had. Uh, I grew up really comfortable around Jesus and. Um, not that I'm complaining about that at all. I'm, I'm really thankful for it. However, part of that meant that like hearing a lot of these things like aren't that exciting to me. Um, hearing about they weren't that exciting to me growing up uh, because I just was really comfortable around them. And the more that I know Jesus now, the more that I understand who he is, uh, not just knowledge wise, but I experience, I become like him. Uh, and I have these like apocalypses or these uh, revelations, these unveilings all the time of who Jesus is. And I become increasingly less comfortable with my relationship with him or who he is. Um, even though I've, I've known about him my whole life, the more I know him and draw near to him like he continually tells us to do, I become less and less comfortable. And just like, exactly. And just like when you, when you walk through these I am statements, if I'm going to take the bread of life of Jesus, like him being that, being my sustaining, my sustenance, my provision, my provider, all of those things, man, I have to change the way that I provide for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I have to like create spaces of reliance because I've been taught and raised, you know, seemingly from a good perspective that I rely on myself i provide for myself and essentially create the least amount of room for god to provide for me as possible because then it's not like prudent or responsible 
and God comes and provides for me in a crisis, and that's that's when I rely on God to provide for me right. instead of every day. Totally. And something I don't want to like rehash something we've already talked about too too much, but something I'm kind of just noticing now as we're we're talking about this is like we uphold you know, safety. You know, like we've talked about that even on um, this this podcast um, in one of the earlier episodes, and. Something that's just like not the greatest concern of Jesus is safety. <laughs> like, no, he, he leads the disciples to a place where Tomo is just like, you know what, man, rip me, <laughs> rip <laughs> you know? us, rip, rip us, exactly. And then, like, raising Lazarus, like, isn't the safest thing to do for Lazarus? Like, one of the next like title headings is like the plot to kill Lazarus, like. It was Jesus would have known that it wasn't Absolutely. the safest thing for him to do for Lazarus. It wasn't the safest thing for Jesus to do, uh, as he knows, and we all later find out. Um, spoiler alert! Sorry, and it, it's like not the safest thing to do for uh, those who like his disciples. Um, because they would have been associated with it, like all these things. There, it's that's not his main concern. Like, and I'm. This is not a uh, uh, like. I'm not putting down any of our parents or uh, grandparents or anybody's parents, but like that's the greatest concern of like almost every good family I've ever like good Christian family. Do you know what I'm saying? Like or that. Like even that even was the priority. Regular any family. Sure. Totally. Safety is like, you know, that that's just, that's literally a phrase. Safety is our number one priority. Right. Safety first. Safety, safety first. first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not bashing safety. More just the idolatry of it, I guess, that we need to struggle with a whole lot more. It would seem. Again, yeah. And this is not like, hey guys, go out there and be reckless. Like Jesus is not reckless in any of these situations. Like I wouldn't like. Like he has an intention and a goal and a, he puts himself in situations that he knows he needs to be in right? to accomplish his goal. And he trusts in the father to provide him every need that he needs. And this is the part where like, I just, I struggle to know how to do that. Right. And I, th- I think like, I think just the statement now, like given this like surrounding, I don't know, all these different thoughts that can come out of the surrounding passage and what's actually happening here like the state the statement being made here kind of like regardless of the fact that he resurrects Lazarus like we would totally uphold that moment and I'm not saying we shouldn't but like when we look at all of what's happening including Lazarus being brought back to life the the statement I am the rex resurrection and the life like if we're talking about in regard to safety and how Jesus like is with us through that and how he is that like drawing near to him makes sense then if he is the resurrection not if that just comes from him if he is that that's where the safety is or where like the faith needs to be the hope is in even in a very like unsafe situation and that's the same thing. It goes back to the gate and the shepherd. Like wherever the the shepherd is, that is the safest place. If the shepherd right. is not in the pen, then don't stay in the pen. Like right. You need to be near him. Right. And I just wonder, like walking into situations in our life throughout our whole life, just like having that knowledge and belief, like I, 
I am tied to the resurrection and the life. Hmm. Man, if I if God wants me to die, he can bring me back to life or he can keep me dead. Like he can do whatever he wants and I'm ready for that. I also wonder just like one of the other things that comes up in my mind is, you know, Jesus waits and lets essentially like lets Lazarus die so that he can do a work in him. Hmm. And that's also just a wild thought of, you know, <laughs> how many, this is maybe like the transferring into my life or the, the spiritual like movement of it is like, Oh, what are some areas where like God's like waiting to reveal himself through a spot? And, and maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but sure. that was just one of the thoughts like, man, like these areas I'm struggling in. Yep. I, w- I don't want to say that he is just like, he's waiting to do a, a work in and of himself, like, but because I've been striving on my own or I've been trying sure. to fix it myself, but sure. just, yeah. Give me a, give me a closing thought. doesn't have to be an application, um, but. We'll let the, we'll let the Holy Spirit do the application. Whoa. Um, just ask him. He knows you better than I do. That's true. Um, Most important thing. Something to think about. I think. I think the most important thing, I think the thing that affronts us the most with this I am statement is that if you believe in this, like you are officially like a crazy person, like to, to the, like you are a fool to the world. Like people understand like God sustaining you, God leading you, God, whatever, afterlife preservation, things like that. When it comes to like raising people from the dead, that's where you lose people. And so what what I say that is like, again, it comes back to this, this like decision. Like, are you going to press in and say, yeah, that's me. That's the, that's the God I want to pursue and follow and know the voice of, mm-hmm. or that's, I don't really, I don't really know what to do with that. I don't really have time to like press into it or figure it out. Because at this point, and, and I think this is the thing, like all of these I am statements, all of the actions and words of Jesus, like build upon one another. And it's really easy to just take one and pick them out and, and look at them individually. But like yeah. when you, when you take the whole yeah. discourse and you take the whole gospel and you're like, I'm either going to build my life on all of this mm-hmm. Or I'm going to build my life on none of it. Like that's, mm. that's the, the contrast that like Jesus creates. Yeah. It's like, you're either all in or you're out, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it says, you know, if you're lukewarm, like I'm going to spit you out. Yeah. And so here, like, this is one of the kind of climactic moments. It's the last public sign that Jesus does. Mm-hmm. And for the fair, for the, for the religious leaders, like it's the last straw. They're like, you know what, you were, you were bad before, but this is like the last straw. And I think it's the same. It's, it's very much the same for us. Like this is the point where we have to make a decision. And if we keep going forward, we move into the last two statements, which are made by Jesus in a private setting with his disciples as a, okay, you guys like, you know, this isn't the best way to say it. Like you guys got this far. Mm -hmm. This is what's next. Once you've, when you've accepted, pressed in, confessed, believed, repented, and come to me, this is what I have for you next. The way, the truth, the life, and the true vine. Abide. Abide. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of When 10 Minutes Falls Out. Ben and I really love getting to have these conversations and we really hope that this is helpful for you guys. So keep struggling, start struggling, whatever it is and wherever you're at. We hope this was helpful for you. Thanks.